Welcome to Connect FBC, our weekly podcast keeping you in the know. Let's join our hosts now to find out what's happening with FBC. Welcome, everybody. We're here today talking about what's going on at FBC. I have with me Shay Casey, our children's ministry director. Hello, everyone. And Victoria Havorka, our preschool coordinator. No, I got it backwards, didn't I? Co-director. Co-director. <laughs> preschool co-director and midweek children's coordinator. Yes. Ah, Yes. yes. I'm glad I got the simple title. In She's this. got a bit, her business card yeah, is it's really very long. Big. I've avoided it so far. Avoided it so far. <laughs> Simply on the door. Yeah. Well, welcome. You guys are here to talk about what's happening with children's ministry. Yes, we are. There's a lot happening in children's ministry right now. It's so fun and it's grown a lot. I've, I'm pretty new to this position. I've been on staff in a kind of really part-time way since last September, and then in a little more part-time way (laughs) (laughs) since I share a lot of it with Victoria since January. And since then, we have pretty much doubled our numbers um, attending any any event. That's Sunday morning and midweek, kind of all across the board. And a lot of that is, you know, people coming back after COVID and just kind of settling back into the routines. And then some of that is just new people to the church, new families. We've we've seen tons of new families that are sticking around. So that's really good news for us too. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. We love kids ministry. It's awesome. I've been on for about five months now. Okay. Um, So it's still really new. Lots of knocking on Shay's door. Like, (laughs) what do we do? But it's so fun to see the growth and just the excitement of the kids. Yeah. And we're seeing kids get baptized. We saw that at the Mm -hmm. 45th anniversary. That is huge. We had five kids get baptized just recently, and we've had a couple more before that, a few months before that. So that's always a really good sign of health in a ministry is mm-hmm. seeing kids come to the Lord and follow through with baptism. So, Well, Shay, with you amazing. doing this the past year, I've kind of given me a behind-the-scenes look of what it's like for children's ministry to operate, <laughs> and I think most people don't realize just how administrative it is. Yes, so we, on a Sunday morning, typically have around 30 to 35 volunteers. That's a lot of people. It's one of the bigger <laughs> ministries as far as, mm-hmm. like, manpower goes. It's... It, it might rival all of them, actually. I don't know yeah. if worship team even is as quite as many people. So it's a lot of hands on deck and a lot of, you know, people get sick. People have kids get sick. People go out of town. I, Lots I of shuffling around on Friday and Saturday night. I was going to say, I joked <laughs> that Shay's job is really like Saturday night. That's when the texts and the yeah. calls yeah. start coming. Yeah, that happens a lot. And yeah. that happens midweek, too, I know oh, for sure. sure. So there's, there's that part of administrative thing. It's just the... You know, making sure everybody's covered everywhere. And yeah. then there's lots of getting material to people. We we have a brand new curriculum, which just started in September. So, so exciting. That's been really fun, but kind of having to relearn all of our routines. And, you know, teachers, too, they're having to, to go through this whole process with us. And they've been so gracious and so good about yes. being flexible and just rolling with <laughs> the next thing that comes across their plate. And it's it's been fun. But I think... Our new curriculum really has improved the overall direction of instruction. We we kind of pared back from our previous one. It's a little simpler mm-hmm. and a little more straightforward. And the best thing, the Sunday morning, the best thing we found is that it's chronological. And we're going yes. through the Bible, the entire big story of the Bible, once every school year. So we kind of start, you know, creation in September. And then the joke is Jesus always rises 
in what? May. That's right. <laughs> <And> then, <laughs> you know, so we completed the whole good big story in one school year, and then we spend the summer on some special units and some wisdom literature and poetry and things like that. So the kids are getting just really good context. They're yeah. walking away with the big story of God's Word, which is really fun. I think they're enjoying it. And it's an interactive, fun, very interactive, live very fun. teaching yes. instruction now, uh, as opposed to just watching a video. So we're just, I feel like that's that's taken us in a whole new direction, and it's been kind of fun. To... And you're right. It's so neat. You go through the Bible in a year. You, you know, you start at creation. You hit the birth at Christmas. So now you're into mm-hmm. the Gospels, and then Easter, you're at the resurrection. Yes. And you do that every year. If a kid comes through this children's ministry from kindergarten through fifth grade, they're going to go through the Bible six times. Yep. That's, that's brilliant. It, mm-hmm. It's pretty it. great. So that's been really fun. The midweek curriculum, I'll let Victoria tell you about that one because that one's really good too, kind of a different take. Yeah, we our love our new curriculum with that, how it it complements Sunday morning um, so that the kids aren't doing double duty Sunday and Wednesday, but it still complements it. We just finished going through Paul's letters. Okay. And now we're working through Daniel, Esther, and all of those Old Testament stories and working oh. through those currently. And just kind of those like bigger heroes of the faith working through those. It's really neat to see the kids just tangibly grab onto that and be oh. like, I can relate to Esther. Like they acted mm-hmm. the story out last week as a group and were able to be like, I can relate to that. I'm a little girl or (laughs) I can relate to that. That's not my, I don't live with my real dad. Mm. I can relate to that story Mm. in that way. So it's just really neat to see the kids grabbing on to the scripture and realizing this applies to me today. Yeah. So you guys are kind of nailing it. So from terms of when children's ministry operates, we have Sunday morning, Mm -hmm. first and second service, Right. right? Yes. So we, we always cover every age group, birth through fifth grade. On Sunday morning, both services. They, right. they The services look a little bit different for the elementary, but the preschool pretty much runs the same. Mm-hmm. And then we have lots of stuff during midweek. Yes. <laughs> There's many what things is going on in midweek? midweek? In midweek, we have on Wednesday night, 630 to 830, birth through fifth. And then Wednesday mornings, if you're attending a Bible study, mom to mom, young moms club, there's programming again, mm. birth through fifth um, for that. So it's super fun, and it's a lot, but we love it. There's always something going on yes. at FBC. Well, lastly, you talked about this. This is, this ministry, in terms of manpower, is big. Mm-hmm. So we need lots of volunteers, lots of people to be involved in this. What does it look like to volunteer in this ministry? We try to make it super easy to volunteer. We we know like this is kind of a commitment a time commitment that people are willing to make and we tr- we mm-hmm. try to steer people towards a regular occurring commitment even if the commitment level is not like every week okay. so we d- we're not super picky on how many times in a month but we do rotate on at least sunday morning rotates on a first second third fourth sunday mm-hmm rotation and it's it just makes such a difference when people plug in you know if they just want to do once a month like on the first Sunday and they're working with the same people every time Hmm. the kids see them once a month and get to form a relationship with them so that's kind of our gold standard like those regular volunteers we really really love to have those And and that makes it manageable for families too where it's not a burden to do it every single week and you still have some flexibility a lot of our teams will swap weeks you know if they know that they've got a vacation coming up they're real willing to just hey can I do my week on the second week this time and you take the first and so many teams are good about switching around like that and then we also have a good pool of people that are just willing to 
step in when needed and they get lots of calls <laughs> they can't Sounds always say yes we know that um, but they're willing to be called and be be on standby for those saturday nights when the tummy bug hits everybody in yep. south tulsa and, <laughs> <laughs> and we're and we're short a few so those are so valuable too we love to have a good good strong sub list and then we've got people that step in for special events like mm -hmm. vbs we had so many people volunteer for vbs it was such a blessing we had i mean when you looked at it on paper it was almost like two kids per each volunteer mm -hmm. so the ratio was just amazing we wow. had a lot of folks I doing have so much admiration for those small group leaders at <laughs> they're the real heroes they of are. The day. <laughs> not all heroes wear capes yeah <laughs> oh, they, they needed some extra props to them for that uh. week too for sure um and then we've got a great check-in team too that mm -hmm. isn't those are kind of unsung heroes that really do a ton of work behind the scenes of just they enter names for us they they help us with our database work they check in our kids and introduce new families they're they the face they are the, the face of children's ministry and they're such great faces they are so sweet to new new people helping them find all the places where their kids belong letting their them ask questions showing them you know the maze of hallways back to the worship center that they have to travel so they we would love to increase that team too. There's a handful and they're super, super regular, but they probably need some days off. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so we'd love to, you know, increase that number too. For sure. Well, one last thing. I got to hang out with you guys Friday night because we had a, what would you call it? A lock-in? Almost. That was an overnight. Well, we were going to call it a lock-in, but then we, it uh, wasn't an overnight. Right. Yeah. So we reframed it as a retreat retreat <laughs> but we did lock the kids in basically so friday we, night we had the fourth and fifth graders here mm -hmm. from four to eleven yes it was a fantastic it time. was so fun we have a really really impressively sweet group of regular fourth and fifth grade yeah. students yeah. right now and they're they're amazing kids they're so fun to be around and they um they came specifically because it was a leadership retreat. We're yeah. trying to help them get plugged in in serving even in their in their young age. And they trained for roles in you, their you own set aside ministries. Four roles yes. and they trained for them and practiced. And and for the most part, these kids all have parents who are actively serving too. So they're seeing yeah. that in their own homes and in, in those kind of ways. But I thought this is a great time for them to get to step into some of those roles and they do a good job with them. We've got look, we've got some gals, maybe we'll add some guys eventually. It's been only girls so far. I want to do worship team where they, you know, they come up with motions to songs and they teach them to the, to the rest of the class. And then we've got lots of kids that help with our tech. We have a computer with a fairly <laughs> complicated piece of software that they have to run so right. they're doing a good job you know that's their native language so they're probably better at picking yeah. it up than <laughs> most of us they do a really good job with that and then we've just kids that help assist teachers do cleanup are doing lots of little behind the scenes things and then they have their own little student connect that's right team yes. too of outgoing kids who want to introduce guests around and make sure that the guests have a great time so it's awesome we also maybe ate a little bit of junk food. We had the whole church to ourselves, which those kids have <laughs> never had before. And they were 
so excited that we played hide and seek. It's a pretty good place to play hide and it seek. It is a really good and kind of scary place to play hide and seek. A little bit? It, it was yeah. a little bit dark by that point, and it was a really good time. Good time of bonding for them and for us as leaders to get to know them in a, in a closer way. So, Well, Shay, Victoria, thank you for coming in and talking about children's ministry. Thanks for having us. All right. Thank you all. Now it's time for the weekly chat. Well, welcome to the weekly chat. I'm your host again today, Heath Casey, and joining me again is our lead pastor, Eric Bryan. Eric, thank you for joining us again. Yes, and Heath, I, I, I'm going to beg you oh, no. right now that I guess I've been on a few of these by now uh, in this little Engage Pursue Share track, and today might be the end of my, my run this like, is it? I'm, I don't know. <laughs> That's what I think you told me, that I don't get to do any more after this. You're going to stretch this one out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're going to make this seven episodes. <laughs> no. But anyway, it's been awesome to be here, and I want to do this again. Oh, it's I mean, so much fun. Too much fun. Yeah. yeah. Well, we've been talking about Engage, Pursue, Share, and, and last week we really kind of focused on the pursuing Christ-centered relationships and I wanted to see if there's anything else you want to have on that, because I think this point leads in great to our next one, which is sharing the good news of Jesus. Yeah, so I, I kind of teased last time that uh, I might want to sneak in one more thought. <laughs> and it, blame Heath for this, because he, he actually seeded me with some questions ahead of time to just think about. Sure. Can, and I know it doesn't come off like this, but we actually did a slight bit of preparation on this. Who knows? <laughs> Who knew we Who could knew? do that? But... One of the questions he asked sort of up in the pursue section for me to ponder was, how do we pursue Christ-centered relationships outside of this local church? And as I was thinking about that, I wrote a couple of notes down. One, the, the heading note was natural flow. I think, again, we're creatures who are so tempted to overcomplicate things, but mm. what's my natural flow? Where has God put me in life? And so I, I, one of the best ways to pursue Christ-centered relationships is say, where is my, lo- my life flow taking me? To mm. the soccer fields, to the you know, civic or business-related club, to you know, some association, or whatever it is. Maybe you've gone in together with some other people on season tickets somewhere, and you're traveling together a lot of weekends or whatever. How do you pursue it? Well, just what's my flow? Mm. And then from there— and this sort of is some echoes from last time where you talked about committing time and intentionality. Yeah. And, you know, the Apostle Paul, and I'm, I'm not going to know off the top of my head where he said these things in some of his epistles, but he said two, two different times, he said, in one case, he said, pray for me that I will declare the gospel clearly as mm. I ought to. Yeah. And the other time he said that I will declare it boldly. So I think time and intentionality, you got to have the mindset that I need to... Make the time to, like you said, view these relationships through the grid of Jesus being at the center of them, and then be intentional to say, Lord, give me an opportunity. I want to be clear. I want to be bold. And you don't, matter of fact, I was going to say you don't have to be weird about it. I would say, please don't be weird about it. (laughs) You know, go with the flow, but, but ask God. You know the desire of my heart. I want to share your good news with people. Would you give me opportunities? And then... It's, That's a prayer it, that gets answered, Eric. It does, and but you gotta you gotta have his strength to be bold and walk yep. through it. That's right, you know. And I'll confess, there have been times maybe you've felt the same way where 
I leave and I and I kind of do a mental debrief and I think I think God opened a good door there and mm. I just shrunk back on that one. Mm. You know, I felt that before. And so my prayer for myself and at the head of the line and everybody else is just ask God to give you the opportunity and then walk through it. Yeah. Go through the door. I know for me and I'll I'll say this as somebody that, you know, has a job for a living outside the church. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of my time, you know, 40 plus hours a week is, are with people in that context, uh, which is not a spiritual context. Right. It's oil and gas, but (laughs) (laughs) oil and gas people know what I'm talking about. (laughs) But, you know, something that hit me many years back and I was doing a study through the minor prophets and uh, the phrase in there, you know, God has told you what to do, to do justice, to love kindness and walk humbly before me for Micah. And that, and at the same time, I was getting some discipleship and thinking about work and what I go do for a living. How does that fit in? And so the context of this for me as an introvert in sowing fertile ground to share the gospel is every day when I, no, I don't keep this mindset, but I've had this and it works if I can, if I can stay focused on it. But today when I go do my job, I have ample opportunity to do justice to love kindness and to walk humbly in all the people I interact with. Yeah. And I can serve and advocate for people in my position and every day do those things and people notice and God gives you opportunities because you're living that out because it's so different. Yes. To share the gospel. You know, and this is a great gospel passage, but second Corinthians five, mm. um, but it says we are ambassadors for Christ. Yeah. So I think, that's the, the, the passage that came right into my head when you said that was you go to your workplace, your marketplace, and if you have put on, if you will, the mindset of, you know what, I'm an ambassador for Christ. I'm going there. And if you know anything about being an ambassador, the ambassador's job is not to get off script. The ambassador's job is to carry the message of the nation or the authority that has sent him or her. That's right. You know, so, you know, I'm walking into my oil and gas firm today. And I'm an ambassador for Jesus Christ. Yep. Yeah, I've got to be a good steward and be, matter of fact, Scripture would say in some ways, I need to be the best employee they got yep, there. that's right. You know, work hardly unto the Lord. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I'm going to be ambassador for Christ. I'm going to walk like he did with his power. I'm going to talk like he did. I'm going to see people through his eyes, et cetera. It all comes back to that engaged, pursue, share. There yeah. you go. Gosh, we can't get away from it, can no, we, Heath? no. <laughs> so that last pillar, sharing the good news of Jesus, how is this done at Fellowship Bible Church? Yeah, lots of ways. And I, th- I think after I share these, we ought to go back and say just what is the, the, the good news. Actually, let's start there. You want to start there? I okay. Do. And I'm going to list a couple of scripture passages. And maybe as I do them, if you have another go-to that's a good one, drop it in. Okay. Romans 1.16 says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. So when I thought of this question, I thought, gospel, good news. There's a word for that in Scripture. It's all over the place. Yep. I'm not ashamed of the good news, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also the Greek, says Romans 1.16. So first, just before you even get to the content of it, you recognize that it is something we don't need to be ashamed of, and it's the very power of God for salvation. When we Mm. take that message of good news to people, that is his power for salvation. Yeah. And that, I mean, that elevates it in my book, doesn't it? (laughs) Right. That's a cool thing that we get to be a part of for everyone who believes. Then, you know, the, the longer I go 
reading the Bible, the more I love the simplicity of 1 Corinthians 15, verses 3 through 5. That's so good. You know, content deluxe. Mm. I delivered to you as of first importance what I received, that Christ died for our sins. He died for our sins Mm. in accordance with the Scriptures, that he was buried. I think they put that in there just to prove the point. This is, we're not talking metaphorically here. He died. That's right. And then that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures and that he appeared. It's verifiable to Cephas, then to the twelve. So pretty simple content. Jesus died for our sins. He stood in the, our place. He took the penalty. He was buried. He rose again. Death couldn't hold him down. Mm. Conquered it. Provides us life. And he appeared. And then the last one, which is just... Oh, I love this one, Heath. It's so good. <laughs> Romans four twenty four and twenty five says, Ooh. "It which if the con- if you read the context is like faith, faith will be counted as righteousness." I'm adding that parenthetically too. Faith will be counted as righteousness to those who believe in Him who raised from the dead Jesus our Lord, who was delivered up for our trespasses. So why did He have to die? Because I've got I'm a sinner. That's right. And a penalty needed to be paid. And was raised for our justification. He rose again so that we would stand before Jesus, before the Lord God himself, justified and with the righteousness of Christ. I love how that verse, those two verses just sort of jam-pack it together so, so concisely and clearly. Yep. So when you think of the gospel, are there places you've gone in Scripture that are dear to you? First Corinthians 15 passage is the dearest one to me. That's yeah. the one I've used over the year. It's just so clear, so simple. And then several John passages, because there's the, the facts of the gospel, which I think First Corinthians lays out, yeah. death, burial, and resurrection. But the part that I think can get confusing to people is how do I respond to that? Mm-hmm. And I think John's gospel is so clear on how to respond by belief, by faith in Christ over yeah. and over. I think John... This gospel talks about belief like 98 times in those 21 chapters. Yeah. I know one thing, this isn't, this isn't really on the agenda for this, this discussion, but we've talked about here about equipping people to know how to share their testimony, mm-hmm. their, the, the, the word that, about how, what God has done in their lives. And we've talked about it in a simple frame of who was I before I believed yep. or before I met Jesus what did he do? I trusted him and he saved me. And then who, who am I now? I'm, I'm new in Christ and my life has changed, you know, kind of a simple framework. Uh, so that's how you sort of work the gospel into a conversation. That's right. You know what? Hey, Joe, you know, oh, was that your kid kicking that ball? Yeah. You know, so we're out here on the soccer field. (laughs) Hey, Joe, you know, we were talking about this and God, man, in the past, my, I was a mess. And I don't know, I'm, I'm not, you know, anything special or anything, but God in his mercy just reached down and he saved me, you know, from my sin. He, you know, I had sin before God, but God paid the price for me. And, you know, I've got new life in him. And, and now let me just tell you about my life. It's not perfect, man. I got struggles, et cetera, but I know I have hope, yeah. you know. I, that's a stupid little con- condensation of, oh, how, of uh, how a little conversation could develop on the soccer field or, or wherever. Yeah. But it's done in context of you got to be in relationship. That's right. Pursue the relationship. That's right. So, yeah, I love it. The believe part of John is, is, is crucial. So you'd ask me, so how are we doing that at FBC? Yeah, how do we go about that here? Well, we go about it 
and I'm happy to say more consistently and more persistently than in, in, in my time that I've been here, I, I, as I can remember, we, we go about it really well. And that is through every Sunday, pretty much we're, show, we're proclaiming the gospel That's in our right. worship services. And I, I, don't, we, I just want to camp out there for a second because I think this is so important. We, we have an open service. And you and I know this because of connection cards, because of the people we meet. We're not checking membership cards at the door. No. People come in in all different situations, in unbelief, and agnostic, in all these different areas of life. And and I know this now having preached a little bit. There's it's it's a in some ways it's it's a tough audience because you know out there there's people all over the map. That's right. You're not in a little bitty room where you know everybody and you know their story and you know their faith uh, story. There's people all over. And so as a preacher, we know we have a responsibility to make sure we proclaim the gospel because there's going to be people out there that need the gospel proclaimed because because they've not come to faith in Christ. Yeah. And, you know, the reality is if if a person who has, has already trusted Jesus, let's just use, pick up on your scenario, Heath. You said people are all over the map. Let's take the person, if we were to have a grading system, quote unquote, of <laughs> spiritual maturity, that you take the longest standing Christian person who has been just immersed in the scriptures and knows the word and has been obeying the Lord, et cetera. Yeah. Whoever that person is, that person, as well as the person who has no church background, who has never heard the gospel proclaimed, both people in some sense should be equally as excited and encouraged to hear the gospel <laughs> proclaimed yeah. Sunday after Sunday after Sunday. Yeah. Because for the believer who knows the Lord and knows the Word, it's like the Apostle Paul said, you know, like, among whom I am chief of sinners. He, I, I remember preaching that one, sun, one Easter Sunday. I don't think he ever got over the fact that God saved him. No. You know, and so he, he's wow. all about the gospel over and over and over and over and over again by whatever means that some would be saved, he says. Yep. And I, then for the person who's unchurched, who's never heard it, man— Romans 10, how are they going to hear unless somebody preaches it to them? (laughs) That's right. So, yeah, you were going to say something. No, I just love that you said that because I've been in the audience. I've been at a Sunday morning worship service where I'm in what what me and Shay call spiritual funk. You know, I'm not perfect. (laughs) And and I needed to be reminded of the gospel. That's right. And yes, and there's people in, in Sunday service like that every Sunday. That's right. For me, Heath, it's a foundation that I have to cling to every single yep. day. Yep. So it's so, crucial. So we, we are going to share the gospel in every worship service. Gathering. Yeah, Lord willing. And, and it's on us to try and do it in a winsome, creative way, yeah. you know, and work yeah. it into the sermon the right way, et cetera. That's right. Our ministries, you know, we've talked about, in our series of conversations about this, that we should be able to go through our bulletins, print this way, et cetera, and say, what we do here as a church, how can we rationalize it or how can we justify it through the grid of engage, pursue, share? So our ministries, you pick one. At the end of the day, if we don't have a, a construct or a framework in our mind that how is this advancing the cause of proclaiming the gospel, I'm, and I'm not saying every one of them has to have a verbal proclamation. But what I am saying is we need to be thinking that way about how is this getting closer to sharing the good news of Jesus. 
and so many of those ministries, I think because it kind of goes under the radar, and I get to see this as an elder, but some of these ministries, people wouldn't think of them, I don't think, as evangelical yeah. uh, in, in that way. But we see a lot of people come to Christ, yeah. for instance, through biblical counseling. Yes, we many. I mean, I, and I hope you have, Ron, you know, maybe in an appropriate way, share some stories. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we've seen people come to Jesus because they came at a point of need. That's and the gospel and the word of God. That ministry presents the gospel. Yeah, faithfully. Absolutely. Faithfully, yeah, very faithfully. consistently. Yeah. So ministries such as that one and others, outreach events, you know, we somewhat are becoming known as the church with the big letters. That's right. <laughs> but you know what? That's that's not the critical path there. The critical path is what those are geared to to proclaim that's happening so that people will come in so that we can, again, win that right to proclaim yeah. the good news. And, and the the events that we've been hosting on our campus, it's to, I mean, they are very gospel focused and we get opportunity. I hear these stories. We get opportunities to share the gospel in really unique ways in those things. But there's a sense of kind of like with the big letters, we're here, we're alive, we're thriving, we're a part of this community and we're going to proclaim the gospel in this community. That's right. That's yeah. right. And then, you know, of course, a uh, hallmark of this church from the beginning is mission work. We've mm-hmm. got great local, domestic, international partners and workers in mission. We, who are our partners? I wouldn't call them the paid professionals. They're just our teammates. Yep. And they're the sent ones who are proclaiming the good news. And then finally, and, and again, one that I think we can always be growing in is just that person to person. You talked about going around and seeing gatherings of people in Paneras and in New York <laughs> bagel shops and all that, that person-to-person proclamation as we go in our specific spheres of influence. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. So those are, those are some good ways we do it. Well, we are a church family that is engaging the Bible, pursuing, pursuing Christ-centered relationships, relationships, and sharing, sharing the, the good, good news of Jesus. Jesus. Amen. Eric, I had so much fun talking through all these things, and I'm just going to embarrass you here at the end. I've I've known you really well for the last 12 years, but I would say the last four or five at a very deep friendship level, Mm. and we get to hang out a lot. And one thing that I know this body knows, but I just want to communicate it because it's so real to me, is your love for this body. Mm. It's so real. It's so authentic. And I know you say it at the close of every Sunday, (laughs) and I look forward to that part, believe it or not. But you do. You love this body. And that's something I cherish. Just when seeing a believer has just this, just this unfiltered, unbridled love for the body of Christ. And I'm just very thankful to have a lead pastor with a heart like that. Mm, Gosh, that's, that's humbling. But uh, I would say it's just a privilege and an honor. And so I, I think this is an incredible bunch. (laughs) I mean, I'm crazy blessed to be able to do what I'm doing here. So praise God for that. Thank you, well, Heath. Thank you. And you want to close us out with how you close out Sunday morning? Yeah. So uh, lately I've been saying uh, two phrases. So maybe I'll become a two catchphrase pastor. <laughs> Stay in tight with the King. So keep pressing into the Lord Jesus Christ in all of this. And I do love you all greatly, uh, wherever you're listening from. And maybe you're tuning in as a new guy or gal. And that that's awesome. We love you here. We'd love to engage with you here and keep pressing forward in the Lord. All right. Thank you all. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye.
Thanks for joining us this week. At FBC, we're a church family that is engaging the Bible, pursuing Christ-centered relationships, and sharing the good news of Jesus. See you next week.